Archive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. Uh, once again, my name is Bill Winnell. Once again, joined by Father Scott Woods. Hello, Bill. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to talk about anxiety. It seems many of us are walking around anxious about something. Father, Jack. <laughs> I know you got to be more specific. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Well, first off, this song is killing me because because uh, I get to hear it so often. But but I just want to throw this out there that the band The Thirsting is on Spotify, which I'm only throwing out there because this morning I was listening to Hail Holy Queen, which sounds almost exactly the same. Um, but if you want to... It set the tone for the day because it's basically the traditional hymn set to rock music, but turn into anxiety. Um, so that, that causes me anxiety. That causes you to see it would, <laughs> it would, because you're a peaceful soul. Uh, <laughs> so, so you know, we, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, trying to trying to talk about anxiety is probably um, is is a, is kind of a bit to chew on, but it, it's it's because. It's just such a common thing. We live in a in a world that that anxiety just is seems to be so normalized. Yeah, you know. Um, and so, it, you know, when when the idea of trying to do do a podcast on anxiety comes up, it's like we it would just be silly not to to try and attempt it. Just in, even assuming that we're not going to solve by any means anybody's anxiety, but even just to lessen it a little bit and kind of give some tips on 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 how we all deal with. Anxiety, I think, um, is is hopefully going to be a help um, because it's you know. Then, and I think part of the hardship is that there's so much that we just kind of place under anxiety these days. I mean, I always tell people, I say it's one of the one of the problems of modern modern world is because we use language so poorly, um, we don't know how to deal with anything. You know? Very true. I, I I always used to joke when, with my teens when I was the youth minister up at. St. Francis of Assisi, that um, that they all sound ridiculous because they all, the word literally has no meaning anymore, right? Like it used to be that literally meant it actually was occurring in front of you, but the Oxford Dictionary has actually updated its definition to allow for a definition of literally to not mean, to mean not literally, right? So words are meaning less and less these days. And I think the same thing has happened with anxiety is that we kind of have this, there are real anxious people and there are real moments of anxiety, but, but we kind of have every, the second we feel stress, we start to say, Oh, I'm anxious about it. Mm. And, and there is a difference. And, but if we don't acknowledge that difference of what's going on within us, then we're going to use the wrong solution. Right. Um, you know, um, so not it's just, to mention that I guess the difference between being anxious as a kid for Christmas to get here versus, mm what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, and I think it is important also to probably recognize that, you know, neither father Scott or I are, we're bringing our pastoral experience. Um, neither of us are counselors by any exactly. means in terms of training. And um, I think one of the, you, you find the best priests in terms of pastoral counseling, at least in my estimation is are the ones who recognize that they're not going to be able to <laughs> solve every problem and that there are experts on things. Right. Yeah, even, even today, right after mass, someone came up to me and said, Hey, can you, Give me some some help with this, and, and do you know some good counselors? And I said, "Yep, I have a whole list. Just <laughs> you know, reach out, and I'll send you the list." Yeah. So, so we're we're gonna really kind of put a pin in in true anxiety disorders, right? Um, that that are um, in need of 
of very uh, either heavy counseling or medication, you know, because because there are things that. But we're kind of talking about the day to day anxieties of um, that every one of us are going to have to deal with at some point, um, and and then and just kind of jump in from there. So so basically, giving kind of a definition of anxiety, uh, you know, using Aquinas, he says that it's the fear of the unseen or unforeseen evil. Um, so, um, you know, knowing, knowing Aquinas as we do, you know, that's, that's a particular word evil, right? He, cause, cause we hear evil in the church and I think a lot of us try to jump to, um, kind of the, the most extreme of evils, right? The demonic and all of these things. That's not what Aquinas, Aquinas is saying that where any good is going to lack. So he would, I mean, that would be any material evil like lack of food or clothing or correct clothing or whatever. Um, but, but the key to anxiety isn't so much the, 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 the foreseen evils, but the ones that we don't know about, the ones that we have no idea. So, you know, like, Bill, you brought up the example of a little kid being anxious for Christmas to come. That's, that's not what we're talking about today. Yeah. We, we, we can't talk about, you know, that's, that's a, a over-anticipation or, or kind of, you know, um, and then it's, which is, you know, in that case, it's kind of a cute example for the most part, unless your kid's annoying. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like for the most part, like that's a that's a pretty okay thing to to be anxious about. But what we're we're worried about are the people who are are anxious for, um, for things that they have, things that they have no control over, right? Especially in these COVID times when the you know, mass mandates are coming back up all over the country, and including our own county and. Mm-hmm. All the unknown, uh, what's out here with schools opening, and this seemed like life was heading a really good place, and as a society, and now we're you know with the variant spreading again and everything, so it's 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 definitely the level of anxiety for the average person, including ourselves, is is going up. Yeah, and and I think the temptation to it, the temptation exactly, and I think that's that's part of this is just we we can foresee some of these evils, right? Like, I mean. You know, I, um, you know, we, you know, anytime you walk into certain, you know, certain meetings, you kind of know that something's going to, there's going to be a little stress coming in it. You know, uh, we've all had that time where we've walked into a meeting. We just know this is going to be rough, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whether it's parent going to a teacher meeting where you just, you know, your kid did something stupid. Um, or, or, or where the pastor's done something stupid, or the, pastor. to the parish council <laughs> or finance council meeting. Pastors never do anything stupid. For never, 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 ever. always the parochial vicar. It's always, <laughs> it's always, <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's, that's the motto of sacred heart. Um, so, but, um, but no, I mean, I think you just have these kind of, uh, things where we can, we can foresee evil and, and that might lead to stress, which is its own kind of temptate, not temptation, but it, it is its own response that we, we have to deal with in a different way. And I think that's part of this is, is being able to identify the difference between true anxiety and just feeling stressed um, because there's no getting away from stress. <laughs> there's a way of dealing with stress and they, those tend to be a lot easier in my estimation um, or at least more direct on how we deal with stress. Um, you know, for example, like, you know, I, I went down as you know, this past weekend I went down and covered for Father Larry down in St. Peter Claver with the Latin Mass, and, and I started the homily with, I'm on, my, I'm on my drive down here, and I'm sitting there counting the amount of Masses that I've had in the last nine days. And I said it was 24, 24 Masses in nine days. 
and uh, you're so lazy. I know. Well, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't finish the sentence because what I said was Father Scott abandoned me uh, to the parish, so, which they all got a big chuckle out of it, your old parish. But and I said, I said for a well-earned vacation, he didn't really abandon me. Um, but I said, but they they you know kind of left and and you know there were. There was little. I mean, Friday morning, it was great. It was a beautiful thing. But then the end of that sentence was that I said, and here I am complaining about the most beautiful part of my day, you know. Um, but, uh, but on Friday morning, it was a little bit stressful because I knew I was on a time crunch, right? I had the camp mass, a funeral, and then the noon parish mass, right? Oh and it was, and and like the the funeral director actually laughed at me. He goes, he goes, am I allowed to touch you? And I was like, that was a weird thing to say. And he goes, because <laughs> I know you're coming in hot. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, like. <laughs> That joke was in your head and not out loud. <laughs> so, um, but that's a stress, right? That and yeah, and the stress of it though, kind of gives you the energy to do it. Yeah, you know, like I mean, the end of that day, exhausted, but in that moment, I was feeling great. You know, and sometimes stress can can help push us through difficult situations. Definitely. Um, but I know, you know, we kind of all have our own little stress reliefs. You know. Well, the first thing I, I when people come to me is uh, is. You know, I kind of question: Are you are you looking at this with the reality of God's presence? Mm-hmm. You know that the most most of my stress comes whenever I think of the future, and I don't see the Lord there. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, I, I, then I know that I'm stressed um, because I'm in the unreal. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and that's what that's where I think anxiety starts to creep in is when we when we lose track of reality. Um, you know, stresses are stresses are actually fine, and the, you know we kind of like exercise our way away from them, and 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 those kind of things are, um, you know, but when when it comes to have I lost track of of reality, that's mm-hmm. that is the exact thing because it's not just that I'm afraid of what is reasonable, but truly what is I I am I'm afraid of what I have no I no idea is coming, and and that's where I think. You know, we, we really kind of, it becomes a, a spiritual question rather than, or at, le- at, the, at a minimum, a metaphysical question, rather than how do we control our lives and put it in right order. And especially since the, the thing that one can fear, when we say unreal, we're not necessarily even meaning that that couldn't happen. Right. But that as if that were happening without God still loving us and being present and being active and being all-powerful and being on our side mm-hmm. in the midst of whatever might come, even if that thing itself is real. So the unreal, I just want to make sure people understand, the, the unreal can just be not having the, the reality of God's presence mm-hmm. in, in the, in, if that happened. Well, and, and I, think, I think that's where, you know, kind of, I know we're kind of flipping back and forth a little bit between anxiety and stress, but, but I mean, even... Um, you know, it's it's important sometimes. I I always find it very comforting to remember when our the moments where our Lord was very very much experienced it, because everything He assumes right in His nature is redeemed. So, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that you know uh, the idea that that Christ was under great amount of stress. It's a, like what we usually call anxiety these days, but really just very heavy stress. I find very comforting, <laughs> in a way. So I oftentimes in in those moments where you're just completely overwhelmed by the life in front of you. I mean, I look at the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Like that you stress. check to see if you're sweating yeah, blood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. which is very hard for me because I'm constantly sweating. I'm and so, <laughs> so like I'm constantly wet. And so I'm just like, is it blood this time? And it never has been. Um, but, but I did, you know, that's just kind of the, the thing though, of like, it was like to, to reflect on like, 
right. Our Lord knows what this is. Yes. He knows exactly what I'm going through and not in some, you know, kind of <laughs> intellectual way. I mean, this is uh, lived experience. This is his beautiful presence in our, in our midst. Um, so I, I think it's kind of helpful in those moments of, of high stress, I think, to have um, to have it in our mind that it's like we're not abandoned, right? Just what Correct. you're speaking to. Yeah. Um, and, and to see, see his presence. And when, mm-hmm. when you all, I mean, we were somewhat kidding at the, at the beginning of this podcast, you know, admitting that one here is a uh, clinical psychologist, mm-hmm. but that being said, certainly, you know, you, you would, I would think it would come up in spiritual direction of which both of you do that the, the, the roadblock that anxiety that being overly anxious can have on your spiritual life. Oh yeah. Give me massive because it, what happens is it it just it becomes a, a descending or an obsession kind of these uh these this this uh, perseverating or, or I don't know if that's the right word or not but this uh, where where I kind of take it and put it, put it and make it my whole world mm-hmm. and then uh, the thoughts just go darker and darker and it, it feeds upon itself and, and it swallows up hope uh, and not because there isn't a reason to hope but because. Uh, my attention is so taken in by the darkness. It's it's almost like you know, uh, if, if you stare into the darkness long enough, it, it consumes, mm-hmm. and and that's when we have to. I, I love that scene from the Chronicles of Narnia and the, um, I think it's the prince in the silver chair, and they're down in the, in the uh, the w- wicked witch has uh, ch- has tricked them into thinking the whole world is this underworld place. And, and she's now convincing them that there is no upper world. There is no reality beyond this reality in, the, in this darkness of her world. And the one thing that saves them is when they, they start to call to mind Aslan, you know, the Christ figure, Aslan. And they start saying his name, and it breaks forth. You know, he just comes and breaks the reality that breaks it, uh, that spell. And I really that's what we have to do with the name of Jesus. You know, I know people who just, in the midst of their sadness and even... In, darkness is they they call in the name of jesus in a deep way over and over you know jesus is real jesus is present jesus loves me yeah 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 and i and i think one of the the related kind of spiritual ills i i mean that comes from is drawn out of anxiety out of that obsessive behavior is is scrupulosity right which kind of really deserves its own podcast and maybe we will down the road but um it is a very i mean it's a it's one of the probably i mean arguably the most dangerous of, of kind of spiritual illnesses, right? Not because, um, but just because it's so hard to, to break through in that darkness that you were describing really wonderfully, just to hear that, like, like there is hope, but it's hard when, when you suffer from it to be able to say, or to see it, to see any light, um, you know, cause you're just convinced that it's not worthy, you know, you're not worthy of the light. Exactly. Um, which is this great lie. <laughs> Of, of the deceiver, right? You know, and that, that's what we have to be reminded of. That's why reality, it's so important to talk about reality rather than my reality or my beliefs. It's it's because we know. So I worry about the language a lot of young people and the media is using now that your truth, speak yeah. your truth. And it's just like, I know the different interpretations, but it's so dangerous. Yeah. It's so dangerous because if everyone has their own truth and there is no truth. Yep, yep. And we can't help one another. And exactly. That's, that's where you can't deny them their truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when it comes, yeah. And so then, but then that, that's, I, I, that might be, I think, part of this cause for, for such great anxiety. I mean, young people are really suffering from it in a way that, I mean, I... I mean, maybe my classmates suffer with it and I just never knew, but I mean, in, in, in 
talking to, to young people, I mean, there's a high level of, of anxiety um, and true anxiety. They're, they're afraid of, of everything. I mean, it's like paralyzing what happens. I mean, and I think that's where, that's where the, the change isn't so much in, in, in kind of day-to-day behavior, really quick fixes, but truly a conversion of mind and heart. Um, it was, I mean, one of my favorite passages, I give it out a lot actually. And, um, as a penance for confession is to read first Peter chapter five, right? And, and the most pointed verse in this one is, um, cast all your anxieties on the Lord for he cares very deeply for you. Part of the reason uh, that anxiety is so debilitating is because we're afraid of everything, <laughs> you know, uh, afraid, you're not, not just are you afraid of, of moving forward, but you're afraid of moving forward backwards or standing still. <laughs> you know, and, mm. and 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 that's that's why it becomes such an issue. Is it's coming from everywhere. Yeah, I mean, don't turn the TV on if you're if you're yeah. not if you're not afraid of anything. Don't turn the TV <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, because it's just going to get worse. So I mean, I think, but I think his uh, you know Peter's advice to us is so so strong uh, in these times because it, he's saying you have. You have to place them upon the Lord, knowing already that He that He cares for you. But when He continues, He says, "You know, you stay sober and alert. The opponent is prowling like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, solid in your faith." And then the next line, which is First Peter uh, five nine, says, "And know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same struggle." Mm-hmm. Right? That I think is where we're what we're missing um, is you well, it, know, t- it touches upon the great loneliness. Yes. Yes, that's that. That society society just breeds this loneliness, and I don't know if you want to. Um, yeah, just I hear from so many people, adults and young people. Yeah, uh, you know, the, you know, they think they're the only one. I'm the only one. Everyone else in this church is is it never doubts. Everyone in this church, oh everyone gosh, else in this yeah. church, never has stress. Everyone else is so happy, and and they never have problems. And and I and I that's why I determined long ago just to really. Frequently remind people whenever I see like the prophet Elijah, like last Sunday or someone, you know, st- you know, clearly st- stressing out and clearly <laughs> in a dark spot, and just like basically, Lord, kill me, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Here's a great prophet, and after great success, and he too, and 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 that this is why we need the community of the church. This is why we need to, and and to be able to voice this this reality, you know, and not hide away because so many people. Uh, feel that if they do so, everyone will think of them as being unfaithful. Yeah, you know, yeah. Lie. And I and and that's it. That's part of the lie is that that uh, there's all, well, there's all kinds of things that we need to kind of I think correct. But I mean, part of it is that you know when we lose a real community. I mean, I that's why like, uh, and when I say real community, I mean not just that you know we uh, kind of do some little hokey stuff every once in a while or or just a quick coffee and donuts, and that's the extent of it, but truly inviting people to share the depths of their life with one another. And that has to be modeled, you know, because it is a very scary thing. But if you have no one you can do that with, then you really do fall into that lie. And we just saw it. I mean, coming out of, this, c- coming out of a complete lockdown with no masses for an extended mm-hmm. number of months. Yeah. Y- you, all obviously, you, you all obviously are a... An advantage over the lady, and that you 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 directly hear via confession yeah. what people are telling you. But even as a lay person, I mean, people would just they would they, it was like people would open up and tell you anything during this and how it was affecting them. Yeah. You know that that in some cases the church is their it, it constitutes all of their friends mm-hmm. or and and or their or family. 
and people people really were in a low spot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they're out of it yet. Right. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of people are still suffering the effects of what happened, and and uh, and again, I, I think because so many others at times can put on a facade or. or or just not express that they too are going through darkness. You know, I, I think it's, I, I try to sometimes just, you know, in a, in a prudent way, but open a little bit of my own, you know, stuff because I, I want people to know, no, we priests are not immune. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, when my, when my mom died not long ago, I, I remember saying to someone in the parish, I was like, I, I thought that since I'm helping so many people, I kind of wouldn't, I wouldn't have to go through this. And, you know, cause I'm helping all these people and the, and this good, holy woman, homeschool mom said, no, that's exactly why you do. Exactly what you do, because you 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 must know too uh, the suffering, this pain, but in order that you can testify to the light yeah. in the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then uh, yeah, I mean I, you know, there is. I mean I think we've kind of talked about the fact that society kind of you know amplifies this, and there there is a real psychological term for for the recent um, increase due to social media, calling it the, they actually call it the Facebook effect. Right, where everybody is happy except for me, right? Because mm-hmm. I see their pictures where they're posting the happiness. And I actually, I was really, um, I don't, she doesn't listen to this, so it's fine. But I have a spiritual <laughs> directee who just posted on Facebook and I, and I wanted to like screenshot it and like frame it on the wall because she, she had these like absolutely amazing pictures from a mission trip in Costa Rica, right? She's looking like she's smiling and, no, she was smiling. She was looking like she was smiling. And, <laughs> and it just was like absolutely gorgeous beach with the jungle in the background. She goes, if you looked at this picture, you would have thought these were the best days of my life. She goes, what you don't see is, and she was like, I had an ear infection. I was stressed because I was well behind on this. We were this, we were that. And, and she goes, stop listening to social media. And I was like, that's it. That's what everybody needs to hear. And we're, yeah. we're kind of starting to recognize it, I think. Um, but I'll be honest, every time, that's always, anybody who comes to me anxious, that's the first thing I tell them. I ask, do you have social media? And they always say yes. And I say, okay, g- get rid of that. And they're like, I don't want to. Well, then you don't want to get rid but of that. But it's that or it's obsession with the news. Yeah. It's obsession with the, you know, and, and it can be in, in, in or, and or the internet. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, you know, it's just this, this, the algorithms of the internet which take you deeper and darker, yeah. uh, whatever your poison is, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I always say to people, uh, when especially at times, and a number of times young people have come to me and said they have parents who are very faithful Catholics, but who they are just really becoming uh, dark in the house. So they, there's, a, there's a real sadness or anger in that parent. And, and I'll say, just remind, you know, just remember, or remind the parent, you know, uh, it's, it's good to be informed but not deep. <laughs> you know, be informed but not deformed. Yeah. And if it's starting to deform you as a Christian man or woman, if it's starting to take away your peace, to take away your joy, it's not of the Lord. Right. Right. And 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 that and I think as we kind of get into, you know, after we've kind of described I think the, the situation, like coming out of out of this anxiety is is finding our identity like deeper and deeper in the Lord. I mean and, exactly. and and everything we talk about from here is going to be based around that that principle of like, all right, my my firm foundation is is Jesus Christ, and it's it's in a knowledge, you know, they, um, you know, the final the final blessing at the burial site. Um, I more and more I'm struck by it because when I first started doing it, I hated it. I thought it was so. I was just like, who wrote this thing? Because cold, cold. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and it's like, and. Me, but then the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, except for this is the only solution. 
may your hearts and minds be kept in the knowledge of the love of God and of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm like, oh, because that's the only way out of our despair is our true hope, you know? And, and so I think as we kind of give maybe a few more practical tips, it's, it's always on that principle of, am I placing myself, am I conforming myself more to Christ and to his goodness and love? Um, so, uh, Father, if you want to maybe start with, start with uh, either maybe what what do you what is your number one tip maybe for for the people? You yeah, I can't remember if I mentioned it before, but because uh, I my number one tip comes from what I do myself when <laughs> the temptation to this, uh, which you know, at times, especially in stressful times and and times of uh, when so much is happening, is really to root myself back in the Lord. First of all, to to, to try to have a self awareness, not a, you know, self awareness of a, a gauge on. Um, am I am I starting to feel anxious, worried, frustrated? Well, then, am I really rooted in Christ right now? Am I am, is the Lord? Am I aware of the presence and the love and the mercy of God right now? If I'm not, then what I try to do is that I have a couple of simple little prayers that I say, and usually this one, if I pray it three or four times, but the fourth or fifth time, it, it, it's calmed down the emotions, which is. Um, Jesus, I trust in you. Help my lack of trust. Jesus, mm. I trust in I trust in you. Help my lack of trust. Because what I'm doing there is I'm using my will. You know, the intellect and the will are like muscles that must be exercised, or they become they become weak and they become easily uh, thrown off. Yeah. And uh, and so to first say I choose to trust in you by saying Jesus, I trust in you, and yet I know I don't have the faith or the trust I need to have, and so I'm asking the Lord to give me what I lack. Yeah, and 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 you know. That's the thing is, is when we talk about anxiety, it is a passion, right? It is. Uh, so basically, you know, if, if overly simplified, it's, it is an emotion. It's not who we are. It's just a thing that does. But all, all passions can be used well. Yes. That's what we forget sometimes. It's like, you know, we talked about in a previous podcast about anger, but, you know, love, uh, yeah, sorrow, all of these things, they, they are meant to give us the strength to endure through hard things, right? Passion coming from the word suffering, passio. So that the, these push us to be able to do difficult things. Um, so, so yeah, so, and, but it, what does it push? It pushes the intellect and the will, just as you mentioned. So yeah, the first, um, this was another prayer that, um, you know, a couple of people, I've been kind of doing some little background reading on this stuff. Um, a couple of people have suggested the exact same surrender novena um, by Father Don DeLindo, which is, Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. So, Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything, which is a very, I mean, it's very similar <laughs> to, to what it is. It's, it's that same act of the will saying, this isn't mine. And I, I mean, I laugh cause I think my, my initial reaction was, um, was uh, John the 23rd. You know his story of, um, oh yeah, it's like night before the opening of Vatican II. Yeah, and I, yeah, and he he woke up and he said somebody needs to tell the Pope that 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 you know he's gotta he's gotta do this, and then he goes looks around the room and goes, "I am the Pope." Good night, God. It's your church, and fell right asleep. Right, <laughs> and 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 that's it. That's that's First Peter lived out. Right, is cast all your anxieties on the Lord. There's unforeseen evils. They're always they're always going to be there. Um, but to, to fear them and to be paralyzed by them, like that's what that's what we're kind of bringing ourselves out of. Um, 
Yeah, that's what another prayer I, I also tell you. This is this came to me especially when I was once going to be looked like I might be transferred, and and uh, there's a massive amount for any priest or or, or lay person transferring who has to change jobs or lose their job. And and it hits as waves. That's what really struck me. I, I had not experienced so much these these waves. Like I'd be okay for a while, and out of nowhere, these freak waves would just come and knock me down, and I'd just be dragged out. You know how the wave just—it's it, not the knocking down as much as the dragging you out and into the ocean. You know, and I, I remember um, uh, just saying, "I know this is not where the Lord wants me." And so. What I found is instead of being knocked down, I need to swim to the break zone. When I was a kid, my dad would say, if you see a big wave coming, swing, swim to the break zone. So kind of swim, swim into that wave. Don't, don't run from it because you can't outrun the wave. Yeah. You can't outrun it. And so to me, the, the swimming to the break zone is really the turning of the Lord and saying, Lord, and this is what I would start doing again a few times, and it give me great peace, is, Lord, help me to desire your will, to know your will and to do your will. Nothing more, nothing less. Help me to desire your will to do your will and to, and to know your will and to do your will, nothing more, nothing less, because I know your will is what's best for me. I may not be able to see it in this moment. I may not, I don't know where, where it's leading, but I know your will is, is, is this, again, this act of trust. And yeah. that began to bring me, not at first, but over time, it brought me more and more, more and more trust in the Lord and peace. Yeah. And I know you're not going to like this, but that sounds a lot like Christ in Gethsemane. Right. Mm. Not not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Right. And that's that's eventually like what what we're supposed to learn. Right. Is that it's 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 the only way I'm going to get through this is to recognize that it's not about me. And and if we can even move our desires to be like his, that that to me was important that that uh, to recognize his desires are, you know, are so much greater than our own for our good. I, I I'll be I mean, I oftentimes tell people that. The one of the best remedies, basically, for probably seventy five percent at least of our spiritual ills is is gratitude. Mm. Like an increase in gratitude can really take care of so Amen. much. Amen. And so, so this this quote comes up a lot. Philippians four six, uh, have no anxiety at all. Which Paul, like, come on, man, like, ha- <laughs> but but have no anxiety at all. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. I really think that that that's just a, something. As you kind of, if we if we kind of just take our step back from prayer in general, like just as if we, if we look at you know the meta narrative of prayer, it's almost always the same. God, you've done this. Now do it again, right? It's <laughs> it's, it's thank you for what you've done. I trust that you're going to do it again, and I'm so much so that I'm even going to ask you. I think that's where Paul's getting at. Is that you know it's not that you you're have no anxiety at all as if that's the first step, but rather have no anxiety at all because you will continue to pray knowing that God has done such amazing things already. And, and to be really specific with it, specific not only with what he has done, but also what, what he will do. That's why I like it. It reminds me of a statement that I heard before from a minister who said, uh, I don't tell I don't tell my God, how big my problems are. I tell my problems how big my God is. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. just speaking again to the reality of what and what, and especially recalling, like you said, in thankfulness, what God has done in the past. Lord, in the past, you did this and yep. you did that, and you saw me through this and you saw me over that, and I thought this was the end and it was just the beginning. And and so, I, I remember Pope Benedict once giving a beautiful homily in the Vatican, and he said, you know, we have to return to Galilee. Mm. What are the Galilees of your life? Where are the places where you encounter the Lord in your life, and that we have to frequently go back there, because the Lord is always awaiting us there. Yeah, yeah. 
and and then it kind of starts begins to tie in some of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning, right? Or where it is kind of this recognizing what reality is and and God's presence that He's already been there, even in the moments where we didn't see Him, Amen. right? Yeah. And and as we see the reality more clearly from the past, we begin to to get a little bit more of an understanding of His presence in the present. That was a weird way to say it, but <laughs> in the now, <laughs> um, to be able to say like, oh right, just like I didn't know it back then but you were there and I see that now I'm going to trust just as much that you're here right, right in the midst of, of this same stressful, anxious situation. Um, but kind of maybe on like a, for a person who's maybe like hearing this and going, okay, great. Like those are the big deal things, but like for the, for the, in the moment, like kind of emer- breaking, break the glass in case of emergency, like what, what kind of suggestions do you have for somebody who's maybe, you know, kind of, feeling the anxiety kind of start to overwhelm like okay go to prayer great but i don't know how to pray what do i what do you what do you recommend to them yeah so in uh, a number of ways of doing this i mean for me at times it, it, there are times i uh, just listen to good christian music oh yeah the power of music yeah. and, and 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 not always even just christian it can just be powerful beautiful music we were made for beauty we were made for truth so when we experience beauty the beauty of nature so taking going to a, a local park and walking around and praising the Lord for the beauty of nature there, mm-hmm. or just as you're driving, you know the beauty of the trees nearby, the you know the light and all the beauty that surrounds us that so often we're not even aware of, mm-hmm. the the beauty in music, um, and uh, those those can help enormously. Um, taking a little piece of scripture, you know, sometimes even playing the pain praying the. Um, a Bible roulette, you know, open up the scripture. Dangerous game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> give me a dangerous game. <laughs> You're going to end up in Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just to see, uh, or, or just opening, if you think of a key passage um, and this, look it up, yeah. you know, now with the with the, the phones and everything, we can look it up so quickly yep. and just meditate or just think about it or say that the word, you know, that's why I think all of us having, you know, I always tell people uh, who are going through a lot right now, I'm just saying, you know, if you knew a bad guy was coming after you, you would probably have your weapon ready, you know. And if, and if you, people don't mind the analogy, but you know, you have your gun locked and loaded. And for us, that needs to be key pieces of scripture. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what I have for myself, which is, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear?" You know, um, you know, a number of other key pieces of scripture that I just immediately remind and just meditate on, even just for a short time help enormously because what does it do it's like that calling on aslan again it's, it, it, it breaks through the darkness it doesn't take away the darkness yeah but it breaks through the darkness and gives hope yeah absolutely i i often tell people you got to have an anchor moment in general like especially as you kind of develop into the spiritual life you know kind of like after the first conversion right and you know before first conversion like first like real big encounter personal encounter with christ like it's really hard to have that but like after you have that you need to just be like I know no, no matter what else happens, that was real, you know, and, and it kind of just like, you know, gets us back to that point. And because there's, you know, we don't have, we know, we know it's not reasonable to say, all right, I have one good moment and then it'll pretty much just be coasting from there. Right? <laughs> like, the, like the reality of life is that things do kind of come in waves and, and sometimes it can feel just to the point of overwhelming. Um, so I always tell people, like, have that moment of just, like, grabbing on that no matter what else happens, you look back and you go, yeah, not going to not gonna flaw. Like, that I know. There's no way you can convince me that that wasn't real. Like, I look at my own, 
you know, conversion story of the big confession that I had in college um, that took well over 45 minutes. And thanks, Father Sean Mahoney. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I remember it and I'm like, you know, everything else, you know, no matter what else came over the last 15 years or whatever it's been, like, I'm just like, that, that is like the moment of that stuff is still just as vivid as, as back then, you know? And it's like, you have a moment of grabbing onto grace, of, of, of just saying like, this was God's presence in my life. Nothing, nothing can shake me. This is my, this is kind of my personal foundation stone, right? Which is grace, which is Jesus Christ. So it's not weird to say that, right? <laughs> so, um, but we have this, this kind of God gifts us these to be able to persevere. Because one of the things, as we know, my least favorite saying is offered up, right? I think because for two reasons. One, I've explained several times, and you guys all seem to love the fact to tell me to offer it up, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but, like, I also just have a problem with with slogans in general, right? Because we lose the beauty of the truth of it, right? So so another one that, that is, is, is less concerning to me because I just never have to say it, but the idea of too blessed to be stressed, right, is kind of similar as if, as if the Christian is not going to undergo suffering, <laughs> you know? And I think that, the, that we're kind of getting into this. It's like the way out of this is to say, no, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm not disunited from God because my life is hard. In fact, I have a greater access to, to my suffering Lord in, in this. In this suffering, I understand Jesus more than I did before. It's not, it's not a punishment. I'm not unworthy of his love. There's all these lies that get just thrown at us. God must be, you know, just completely done with me, and that's why my life is hard. It's really the exact opposite. It's really just an experience of, of, of God saying, I'm redeeming you in a, in a deeper way. I'm purifying your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, so that you can love me better. Anxiety is as difficult as it is, as much of a much as it is a cross, isn't isn't the final step, right? And I think that's what we need to be more open about when we discuss things, you know, discuss the faith with one another. Is that it's okay, <laughs> it's okay to 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 doubt and to fall, as long as we keep our eyes always ever focused on the Lord, even in the midst of our failures. Yeah, sometimes remind the <clears throat> people that, you know, even if you, in the midst of the struggles, even go down the wrong path for a little bit, yeah. you know, go to the dead end, Christ will meet you there. Yeah. And and therefore, we don't have to be overly anxious, mm-hmm. but instead, it's just that that recognition of where he is, is where we want to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the using kind of an athlete, uh, you know, analogy. Well, because Father Larry's not here, you have to do it. Is that what's going on here? Listen, I'm just, I mean, but to be fair, I mean, as much as we make fun of Father Larry, Paul did do it first. Um, <laughs> so so, so we're, we're not, no, we're not giving Father Larry credit for this one. This is all St. Paul. But, um, but you know, if, if the athlete takes a bit, you know, following that, it's like if the athlete takes some time off, you know, it's going to be harder to get back there. But, you know, you're going to. <laughs> you know, you can if, if that is what you choose. Um, and so, so yeah, we set our eyes on the on on eyes on the prize. We we put our eyes always working towards a wreath that that is imperishable, as Paul calls it, um, the the eternal ground, crown of glory, which is heaven. And so, um, so it's not that we don't feel stress, but but we don't have a reason to be truly anxious. We we always know that we can cast it upon the Lord, knowing that 
you know, sometimes we're anxious about the silly things and to recognize, oh, well, I don't have enough money. Well, is that really important? And then there's manufactured anxious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, this, and this is where I tell a lot of people, too, that especially when I do recognize that maybe they're, like, even recently some people come to me and I'll say sometimes, like, uh, you know, this is where you need to engage the intellect, mm-hmm. you know, the intellect to filter those emotions. So where, where, why am I, am I anxious or worried about something that's real? First of all, if it is real, what is the cause? What is the trigger? Yeah. What, what's really going on here as a way of, of, again, grounding themselves more in reality mm-hmm. rather than the emotion, the passion, yeah. letting it take them away. So, so no, like, I mean, the, the primary thing that we're doing is, is to just root ourselves more deeply. So, so the primary thing is always going to be prayer. It's going to be that developing of a, of, of a personal and firm relationship with, with God, which is lived out in day-to-day life, but especially in time set aside for him, right? Every, every good relationship has quality time. And so um, it doesn't always have to be hours a day. In fact, it almost never is going to be hours a day and probably for some people probably never will be. Um, I'm looking at you moms. And <laughs> so, but, but the, but the reality is that we do, we do, we should make it a priority. Right. I remember, I remember getting called up by a spiritual director early on um, who who said, well, well, look at your day and tell me how much TV you're watching. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> that one hurt. Um, and, and, but it does, it kind of wakens you up to, to what you're supposed to do. So, Father, maybe some uh, maybe final last word and a, and a blessing for, for Certainly. And, yes, I know everyone who's listening to us uh, has or is or will be going through uh, all these different, a number of these different things we've spoken of, and, and hopefully we've given you some, given everyone some practical ways in which to, to really anchor themselves or root themselves again in Christ, you know, not in the sand but on the rock, who is Jesus Christ, and to recognize there's hope and to recognize that, all of us have been going through this, that you're not alone. You're not alone. And that the Lord is not angry with you and not upset with you. He's just calling you. He's just calling you. He's asking you, he's, you know, the, the evil one. I remember a friend of mine who's an extra said, the, the evil one is always trying to say, look at me, look at me, look at the darkness, look at what's wrong, look at the evil. And God is like, no, 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 look at me. Look at life, look at truth, look at goodness, look at hope. And so I just encourage you to keep your eyes set on Christ, set your heart on Christ, and because his eyes are on you and his heart is on you. And the more you can live in that reality, then, then you will, like his grace, by cooperation with his grace, overcome whatever it is you're going through and whatever it is you will go through because he desires you, hungers for you, loves you, and, and is calling for you. And so let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for giving us this time in your presence, for all those things that you have brought about, that have spoken to our hearts and and to our minds, and are preparing us even now for the many good things, the many blessings you have in the midst of the struggles and trials and tribulations in our life, that we do not have to be conquered by fear or by darkness, but uh, we recognize that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so, Lord, may we testify to this light. May we more and more call upon it, and may we continue to help others to know know you and to love you and to serve you by ourselves, doing so each and every single day of our lives to our very last breath. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen.